0: Restaurants Unstoppable Episode Two Seven Zero.
1: When you define success, it doesn't have to be the ultimate life that you imagine. I think that's another another flaw that people make is that they try and construct a little too far in advance, and that that kind of uh, it hinders them in a way. So it could be what what would a successful life be for you? next week or next year or just in the next 24 months are you ready for it factors success stories failures and bombs of restaurant industry
0: knowledge then join eric cacciatore in today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable <laughs> Menuvative by iMenuTech has been the pioneer of cloud-to-tablet menu publishing for over five years. By using Menuvative, you'll reduce your costs, increase guest spending, and provide a better guest experience by being more informative. Find the banner in the show notes or head over to imenutech.com to learn more. Again, that's imenutech.com. One more time, imenutech.com. Com. Are you short on time when it comes to training your restaurant staff? Well, if you are, don't worry. I'm sure you're not alone, but there is light at the end of the tunnel. You can find that light by visiting tipsy for a whole library of video courses delivered by world barista champions, leading sommeliers, marketing gurus, and customer service superstars. Learn more by clicking the tipsy banner in the show notes. If you choose to subscribe today, You'll get a special 50% discount because your restaurant unstoppable listeners get on it. All right, with excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Sean Wenner. Sean, tell me you're feeling unstoppable. Today.
1: Absolutely. Feeling <laughs> yes.
0: unstoppable. Awesome. Sean Wenner is an entrepreneur who is passionate about helping others succeed in life and in business. He has an eclectic background that includes everything from working in culinary education to competitive fighting, being a musician, and more. He speaks, writes, coaches, and a recently founded Entrepreneurial Chef, which is a resource specifically for entrepreneurs in the culinary in- industry, and uh, I'm so pumped for for today's uh, discussion. Uh, Sean and I just recently, maybe a couple months ago, not even a couple months ago, uh, crossed paths. I think I downloaded uh, or I subscribed to your, your magazine, Entrepreneurial Chef. Uh, loved what you were doing. I was like, oh, this is interesting. Started doing some digging. Sean reached out to me and uh, we talked a few times, just beginning to know each other. And it's been magic ever since. Um, and uh, we've actually had a few conversations now, Sean, haven't we? Oh yeah, absolutely. At mm-hmm. least like two conversations of just getting to know each other and just sharing so many similar beliefs and having so many similar passions uh, for entrepreneurialism and uh, for people we care about in this industry. So uh, we finally, it's overdue. It's only been a couple of months, but we're overdue for this first interview. And um, why don't we get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling, Sean, with a success quarter mantra. What do you got for us today? Mine is, the unexamined life
1: is not worth living Mm. by Socrates.
0: The unexamined life is not worth living. This is a special quote. It's kind of a good segue into what we're going to be talking about today. But uh, why does that sing to you? How does that resonate with you? It's a
1: little deep, but I'll say that even back from when I was in middle school, which sounds kind of crazy, I used to scratch this quote on my notebooks and my journals and everything, Uh, you know, it just, it really spoke to me. I was a kid that was always curious. I was always asking questions and I was fascinating. I was fascinated about unraveling life. So to me, I believe life is just something that you unravel and, and you should explore each layer as you unravel each new layer. And so I've always been fascinated by it. And I find that asking the right question at the right time to a person can really open up a domino effect of change. And I love doing that for people. I love when it happens for me, too. So it really speaks to me.
0: I mean, Sean, he he shot me uh, a message last night over Skype with this, uh, this layout of what he wanted to talk about today. And I started just like glowing on the inside because, I mean – uh, there's just so much even in that quote alone the unexp the unexamined life is not worth living uh so much of that quote is uh just is a, all about what restaurant unstoppable is here to do and i'm sure what you're trying to do or what you are doing with entrepreneurial chef is examining people who are out there uh what people have done before us in um learning from them and uh i mean that's that's how we've evolved is our ability to communicate and pass along knowledge generation after generation after generation. And it's, it's his story. It's learning from those who have come before us and applying those lessons, applying that wisdom in our lives to grow, to evolve. I mean, that's what that says to me. And um, it's not worth living if you're not living to the fullest potential, you know, Socrates kills it in this world. <laughs> I love it. And I want to
1: jump in there and and jump on what you said there's a lot of things that happen in history and what we do today sometimes is only minor change to what was done in the past, mm-hmm. but a minor change can be revolutionary. Mm. You know, if you think about the phone evolution, right? So the, the phone was there, but now you created the smartphone which just revolutionized things, and there's gonna be even another one that happens that's just a minor adjustment in- from where we were. And when you look back into the past and you kind of study individuals and you study successful people and you see where they are, you can, as the quote goes, stand on the shoulder of giants and jump off where they reached, you know, that level and, uh, and make some really, really significant changes.
0: For sure. And it's kind of funny when you think about it. A lot of these minor changes, all these minor, like the, the, the minor changes in communication um, is when we as uh, humans, as Homo sapiens, Seem to do our most, uh, our fastest growing. Um, Have you noticed that? I mean, I'm not a history buff, but like just think about uh, how the world changed when we're able to go sail across the ocean and communicate and to expand and spread the word further into uh, how we evolved when we started, uh, you know, making. Hieroglyphics and like telling the story on rock and writing and communicating and uh, changed with uh, the te- like you said with the telephone like with the internet and now again, again with this the smartphone and I feel like even with podcasting it's changing and audiobooks it's changing because we have that computer in our, our pocket and we we are always able to learn something at every moment moment of the day the pass along knowledge uh, and that's what this podcast is and that's what your magazine is is sharing knowledge um, and growing and uh, not having anything unexamined.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. I'm talking, I'm
0: I'm, I'm long-winded now. So we got to move on and kind of uh, (laughs) just discuss what we're going to be talking about today, which we have already kind of alluded to. But the topic for today is, um, we're here to talk about reverse engineering entrepreneurial success. Uh, So Sean put together these five keys, these five steps. What would you call it, Sean? Five... Or six, yeah, six, yes, yeah, six yeah.
1: Steps, steps yeah, the yeah, Steps uh, would would accurately describe it because they can be done in succession. Absolutely.
0: So these are six steps that we're about to cover uh, to reverse engineer entrepreneur, entrepreneurial success or restaurant success or whatever you want to call it. Uh, just to copy and to learn from those who have come before. So what's the first uh, step or the first piece of advice you have uh, in reverse engineering that entrepreneurial success?
1: I'd say number one is defining success. Mm. You know, success is subjective.
0: Absolutely. It's
1: different from person to person. You know, and I think that a flaw that some people make is that they buy into the success of others and they feel that that is the success for them. Mm. And the worst thing that can happen is if somebody does that without examining what success means to them, what success truly means to them, they can attach their ladder to the wrong wall, Mm. go through every single rung of that ladder and just realize that they're in the wrong location for them. And yeah, I think... I think that's maybe where midlife crisis comes in or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know,
0: just listening to you talk, like looking, using myself as an example, uh, when I was a young guy, uh, I feel like I grew up in a generation where uh, if you didn't go to school to be a doctor or a pilot or uh, a, an engineer, or like all these are all the jobs that, successful people did. In my naive mind, I wasn't able to see the other strengths that I had that I didn't recognize at the time, like social intelligence, emotional intelligence, uh, just communicating engaging and serving other people. I didn't see those as strengths. So I took a path because I looked at people who I knew in my life, who were successful, who were were commercial pilots, who had beautiful wives, beautiful homes, tons of money. They're traveling the world. And I said, I want me some of that. Um, And I took that path. And I didn't get anywhere because that wasn't the right path for me. I copied the wrong path. So I didn't know what success looked like for me at that time. is um, that kind of aligned with what you're saying?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You yeah, know, and, and when you define success, it doesn't have to be the the ultimate life that you imagine. I think that's another another flaw that people make when they're trying to build this, this life of entrepreneurship or a life on their terms is that they try and construct a little too far in advance uh, or in in advance. And and that, that kind of uh, it hinders them in a way. So it could be what, what would a successful life be for you next week or next year, or just in the next 24 months? Like what, what does success mean to you in that? time period and how can you define it, put some parameters around it so that you can start putting together a plan, a strategy on how you're going to accomplish it. You know? And then as you start unraveling those layers, as you start getting some of those wins and those victories, then you can extend it. Then what's, what's the next five years going to look like? What's the 10 years? And maybe what is one of those ultimate goals uh, that you want to experience later on?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I can think of, just reflect back to um, so many of the people I've interviewed who just they have intention. They aren't just going to work. They aren't. They didn't just fall into a chef position or uh, a general manager position. They had intent. They were aiming towards goals. They were, uh, you know, whether it's just a, a short-term goal or a long-term goal, they always lived intentionally and they were always acting with the intent to accomplish something. Um, but you have to define what that something is before you can start working towards it. You have to, you have to pick a destination. Uh, it's so important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. For me, I'll tell you, I, it sounds silly. I told my wife this, I want to be able to run a business from my cell phone.
0: And it could be yeah, so yeah, many yeah, things. Yeah.
1: I've got a deeper meaning to it. Like, I don't want my wife and I to miss out on anything as it relates to our children. I love it. You know, and you know, I've got I've got a little girl that's coming in, in about two and a half weeks. I think three weeks now. It's our first one. So we're super excited. But that's my big why behind chasing the dreams that I'm chasing is because I want to be there. I, I don't want to be caught up in you know some people say corporate america or the rat race uh, and miss some of those things i want to be the one that 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 is going to be raising my children along with my wife so i want that location independence and that's a big why for me so i defined what success would look like to me and what type of lifestyle i wanted and i'm making moves in order to align with it yeah
0: absolutely and, uh, and one of the reasons why I, I i ask often on the show is why 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 do you do what you do? What is it about what you do? You know, the whole Simon Sinek start with why. Because if you uncover that why, uh w- what it is that you know, that that is your that that in essence is what you're striving to achieve. Like the, what fulfills you, what makes you get up out of bed every day, what what rewards you at the end of the day, those whys, if you can uncover that, uh you I mean it it's it just it makes living so much better. Um and I'm kind of biting my tongue because I feel like we're going to be unre- unre- revealing some of these other steps if I keep going. So let's just go to the next step, which is um, go for it. What's the next step? Yeah, finding a role model,
1: whether it's a person or a business to model after, mm. right? And so you, you, want, to, you want to identify – like who that person is or, or what that business is that's maybe closely aligned to what you're going after, mm. right? Because then from there, you can, start, you can start digging into that business and doing step three, which is evaluating it. Mm-hmm. But to stay on step two, we live in a world that is just full of information. So we have everything that we need at our fingertips. You can find Information on anyone or any business, so it's not a matter of that it's not there. It's just a, a lack of will sometimes or impatience. You know, there's some people that are that are really impatient. That's me to my core. I want something and I want it now. Maybe exactly. generational thing. You know, so I, I I tend to sometimes want to skip over steps and go to the end. But doing some of that research and finding someone to model after or a business to model after is really key because that's when you can start picking it apart. Again, we'll go into step three and evaluating it uh, and then moving on to the next.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like this step is, I mean, Restaurant Unstoppable is this step on steroids. Uh, Finding people uh, to... Figure out what they did, what they were thinking, the path they took, uh, why they took that path, what's important to them, and then mimicking their advice, taking uh, these if factors, these these whys, and helping you find what resonates with you, uh, helping you stay motivated, oh uh, like like all these things just to know that you're not alone and to hear that like other people had the same challenges. Um, you can go work for somebody. I think that's the even more impactful. Um, I mean, what's your what's if somebody's yeah. out there right now um, and they're they're trying to find, you know, th- their their purpose, their why, and um, how how do you suggest they go about finding the right person to model or the right business to model? What's the what what do you do?
1: Well, I think you have to have a handle on what success means to you, and 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 then from there. It, you you will start getting an idea on the type of business. Well, at this point, you should already have an idea of the type of business that you want, right? So uh, from there, you just start kind of looking. Look at, you take a look online or go to the Chamber of Commerce and start connecting with people. There's a great resource uh, that I use at times, meetup.com, and I go to um, local resource. events yeah, here in the Orlando area, every Sunday, I've got a pop-up that goes on my calendar and says, spend 30 minutes on your networking calendar. And so I look at Meetup. I see what groups are there. I look online. I look at LinkedIn groups. I see uh, what are some of those places that I can connect with people. And I think that's that's the legwork that someone would want to do uh, because y- you don't just set out to find... Like for mentorship, for instance, right? Because a role model is, in essence, kind of a mentor. You don't set out to find a mentor. Like, I'm not just going to walk up to somebody and say, hey, will you be my mentor? A mentor relationship comes through time. You set out to find someone that can help you with a problem that you're going to solve. And then the individual that is helping you to solve that problem. It, that it starts building a relationship, right? So then that relationship evolves deeper and deeper and now next thing you know, you wake up a year later and you look at them and say, wow, this is a mentor to me, right? So it's the same thing with trying to find a role model or even like a model business to go after. So
0: yeah, I think that's, that's the third step um, which is what we're going to be talking about. I think we can just transition right into it which is go ahead and save the next step.
1: Yeah, evaluating that role model, that business. Yeah. So Really digging in, and it's it's not just looking at where they are today, but it's looking at their history, their evolution. Mm. One thing that I found when I'm talking with entrepreneurs, and sometimes in, in even in my own evolution, is that someone may start off with a certain intention, an original idea, and five years later, it's 180 degrees different mm. from when they originally started out. Absolutely. So, Some individuals, some of those aspiring entrepreneurs, they may look at a person or a business today and think, wow, that's who I want to be, and they don't have any idea or they don't look at that history and that evolution and find out where did that person come from. So when you're evaluating a person or a business, you absolutely want to find out how did they start Uh, What was their original intention? Uh, How did their original intention change through the years? Another big piece was how long did it take them? It, a lot of times we look at people and we think they're an overnight success. You and I both know <laughs> yeah. it doesn't work that way, right? You you were two and a half years or something like that with your podcast, and you know, and so
0: and I still feel like I have such a far way to go, and I feel like that's a, a trait in people in the, who want to be successful is like they are always looking to the next level. Um, which is, I mean, a little detour. Like, take the time to if you are one of these people that are always hustling to appreciate how far you've come. But uh, yeah, you're always going to be trying to get to that next level and you're, you're always going to try to, you're never going to be quite good enough. You always want to be a little bit better, Uh, but that's probably a conversation for another day. (laughs) Uh, Are there there any other points you want to make on this uh, evaluating the role model before I chime in and share some of my thoughts?
1: Yeah, as I was saying, you know, a couple of other questions is is what does success mean to them? Uh, you know, to make sure that that their success is aligned with your success, as we had started out with this when when you define your own success. Uh, how do they communicate their their mission, their vision, their purpose? What are their values? You know, you want to find either role models or businesses to model after that are closely aligned to your definition of success, who you are as a person, your why behind doing things. And and I'll, I'll quickly say this, as it relates to your why, I think the the biggest thing for me that I've experienced and I've seen in others is the reason why you have to identify what that is, is because it's a very difficult path to take as it relates to being an entrepreneur, as it relates to launching your venture. Once you get past the initial excitement, once you get past the friends and family that are cheerleading you on for maybe 3 or 6 months that then kind of, you know, fall back on the wayside and you start getting real world feedback and negativity and mm-hmm. people that are that are not uh, that your brand, or your product isn't resonating with once you hit that point it's so hard to continue if you don't have a stronger reason than just maybe making money. If you don't have a powerful reason, it's that point. And I think you refer to Seth Godin's book.
0: (laughs) It's such a great book to dive deeper into this. Uh, um, An amazing book of, you know, sometimes people, they have that vision, they have that mission. um, And it's so, it's so important to get that mission, that vision clear, not only for yourself, but to communicate it to other people, to, to share the vision. So everyone's pulling in the same direction, but, um, yeah, like it, it, it's what's going to make you successful in the long run is not chasing the money, not chasing the show, the social status, but uh reaching self actualization, which is a, another great book to learn more about Maslow's hierarchy of needs is peak by Chip Connolly, where it's it's not just for, you know, creating uh, helping your employees find out, and you know they can see that mission, they can see that vision you have, and they're they're reaching, they're they're serving towards those higher needs to make them feel better. But for you, like, what am I doing? Is this my purpose in life? Um, am I, um, are my higher needs being served? Am I serving? Am I leaving a legacy? Am I gonna leave this world a better place than when I, I came into it? Um, and I'll tell you, like, right now, that's what drives me. I I I am not killing it. My bank account is not looking great right now, <laughs> uh, but I don't care about – I mean, I show up and I do this all my time off. I work 40 hours a week in a restaurant, and on my three days off, I am emailing, I am recording, I am learning, I am helping other people because I believe in my heart of hearts that this work will help other people. And if you have that mentality in a restaurant or in, if you cre- if you're an entrepreneur, that's what's going to keep you going. That's what's going to let you – you know, hang in there the long for the long run. And that's when Absolutely. things, and people don't notice you until like you say, like in dip, like you come on the scene all of a sudden and it was like an overnight success, but you never hear about the river of shit. You had to swim through <laughs> to, to get to that point where people start to hear about you.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so when you, when you're evaluating people, you know, we, we really emphasize that point, but really evaluate that piece yeah. to you know, really true. evaluate that piece. And, and I think in that evaluation Find a place that you're going to record your thoughts, um, the evaluation that you're doing, whether it's low tech, whether it's high tech, whatever you do. Find a place to jot it down because if you don't, you know your, your 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 mind you can only hold on to so much, right? And until you reach that capacity, and when you reach that capacity, then you stop being innovative. Ideas stop flowing. Mm-hmm. So it's so important. And I didn't do this for a long time, but now. I've got an app on my phone every single night. I got a notification at nine to just get out, do a brain dump of everything that I thought about today. I've got a a, a, a journal book, if you will, that I you know write some things down. And, and the reason why that helps me is because it really opens me up and allows me to be innovative, have more ideas and more thoughts flowing. And the more that comes flowing through, the higher you get to – whatever problem that you're trying to solve. And it gives you
0: intent. It gives you a a purpose in the morning when you wake up and you reflect on that journal entry and you list out your goals and what you learned. And it gives you something to start from. So you're not starting all over again in the morning. Like you're starting from where you left off the day before. I think that's a really great technique. Absolutely, Kind of just to evaluate on uh, evaluating the role models or other businesses. Uh, When I talk to people during my one-on-one conversations, they'll be like, oh, I'm trying to find a location. What advice do you have for me for starting a location? I'm in finance and I want to open my first restaurant. I'm like, okay, the answer I have for you probably isn't the answer that you want. Like, I'm not going to give you the magic formula for finding the beautiful location that's going to make you super successful. What are your strengths? You're in finance. Who Go work for somebody. Go find somebody. Go evaluate businesses in your community, people who are killing it, and go work for them for free. That's going to speak more. Now you're approaching a mentor and you're, offers, you're offering a service. Now you're appealing to somebody who has uh, the network, who has the advice, who has the experience, who has who can guide you. You're getting a consultant for free, and now you're offering – and you said you're in finance? Well, hey, guess what? Now you can coach this person on what they're doing wrong with their books. Maybe maybe let them know that you are you have a financial major or you're a certified public accountant. That's going to be a massive asset for anybody opening a restaurant or in the restaurant business. So now you're making yourself valuable and um you can use this technique until you find the right business that resonates with you. And mm-hmm. these people will invest in you. They will uh, buy the location to put you in to invest in your vision if you got what it takes. You might not have what it takes, that's the truth. But you're going to learn so much on someone else's time and someone else's dollar if you take that approach of evaluating and finding a mentor. And I don't know that that loosely ties into evalu- evaluating role models and businesses. Uh, yeah. Maybe that's the next step, which is uh, build your plan. Uh, maybe if you want to start there. So dive into that. Actually, wait, before we dive into that, we just got to take a quick second to thank our sponsors. When you're running a busy restaurant, it's pretty hard to find time for training. Well, Tipsy has a whole library of video courses from industry experts, including world barista champions, marketing gurus, and customer service superstars. Get your staff watching Tipsy courses and watch their growth help your business. With Tipsy, scheduling training, tracking skills growth, and measuring engagement is a piece of cake. In the hospitality industry, we never have enough time, so training often falls away. But as management legend Andy Grove says, the only two ways to improve performance are training and motivation. Tipsy provides both. Click the Tipsy banner in the show notes to find out more. Because you're Restaurant Unstoppable listeners, you'll receive a special 50% off your first month. What are you waiting for? Get on it. Now, let me ask you a question. Are you actually selling food and beverage? Or are you just taking orders from a menu that says, here's what we have and here's what it costs? Blah modern consumers are addicted to smart devices and visual media is the best way to engage them with information that is why more restaurants today are replacing their paper menus with menu vative by iMenuTech. menu tech It's simple. Menuvative replaces your paper menus with tablets. This provides more room for photography, descriptive language, and wine pairings. Suggestive selling is now an inherent part of the modern menu experience. In my opinion, here's the best part. Menuvative preserves the integrity of the classic dining experience because it's not a kiosk and it does not replace the impactful service experience. What it does do is reduce costs, increase sales, improve marketing and provide a better guest experience by being more informative to learn more head over to imenutech.com again that's imenutech.com all right now take us through the value of building your plan
1: yeah i think i think that's where some people they they leapfrog over this part and again i'm going to use me Uh, i i i am guilty of being impatient and trying to go to step five or six or seven, mm-hmm. right? Trying to, to open up the box from Ikea and just slap it together instead of reading the instructions. Right? I'm guilty of that. Yeah. A lot of people are.
0: <laughs> guilty <But> here too. <laughs> yeah. It's, it,
1: you can make so much more progress by sitting down and building a plan. Mm. Me, I like the business plan route. Uh, that scares some people because they haven't done it before. And also they put so much weight and gravity on that document that it scares them. And every single word they start, they start analyzing to the nth degree, because again, they think, wow, this is an ado- this is a, a potential document for investors. And, you know, I, I might be able to secure capital from this. And, Yes, that's true, but not in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I, I tell people, just think of it like a report you wrote in school. It, nothing more than that. You're slapping together your thoughts uh, under the context of what that plan says or, or has, right, the topics, uh, and you're articulating things out. And that's the, that's the value of putting together a plan. It's articulating your ideas, fleshing them out, sometimes for the first time. Because the worst thing that you can do when you're trying to go after building a business or being an entrepreneur is not have a plan, only have it in your head, talk to people, like like network with people, maybe even get introduced to someone that could invest in your business. And then as you're talking to them, you're formulating your plan and they can tell that you don't have everything down. It's almost like If you talk to them three days in a row and they ask you the same question, your answers are going to evolve for three days, and that should not happen. Mm -hmm. it, 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 when you are initially starting out, you should have a plan that you put together. You should be succinct. You should articulate your ideas. You should have some sort of strategy. That doesn't mean that it's not going to change through time. But again, with that analogy of someone asking you a question three days in a row, it shouldn't change from day one to day three if you really put together a rock solid plan. It shouldn't change that quickly. Absolutely. So I think there's major value in putting together a plan, just hammering it out, articulating your ideas.
0: Awesome. I love it. All right. The next, uh, number five, the next, uh, step or key to, uh, mimicking, uh, these entrepreneurs or to, I'm going to, what's the title?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Reverse engineering.
0: (laughs) The next step to reverse engineering, uh, entrepreneurial success is, uh, find your, your starting point. So let's talk about that for a little bit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and here's something that I see even within the entrepreneurial chef community right now. I've got a lot of individuals that will give feedback or ask questions, or uh, or I come across and I talk to one-on-one, let's say, and they're trying to find X amount of capital to launch their business, but they haven't really flushed out number 4 which is building a plan and for them they should really just start where they are yeah. right if you if you if an individual really wants to be an entrepreneur right and that's that's a lifestyle that's that's just a that's a it's just again it's a way of life it, you you should just start where you are yeah. so that you can start you experience that with your podcast Absolutely. you started with what you had <laughs> right? I did the same thing. You start with where you are. So you want to find your starting point. So in there's a complex problem that you're going to be looking at you know there's a certain business that a person wants to have right and so this whole topic is reverse engineering entrepreneurial success they want to be an entrepreneur let's say they want to open up a restaurant great so define success find a role model or a business to go after evaluate them build a plan and start where you are it may mean that you start with a hot dog cart i don't know maybe and then from there you you get proof of concept or or you you know you you start getting some money and really understanding how to manage your money and cash and everything. And then from there, you move to maybe a food truck. Absolutely. And then from a food truck, you go to a restaurant as opposed to waiting five, seven, ten years and saying to yourself, yeah. lying to yourself every year, I'm going to start a restaurant. I'm going to start a restaurant. I'm going to start a restaurant. You know, it just – Or it, even, it it,
0: happen. even the other example uh, of like you know putting it off, but starting but trying to aim too big. And not testing your concept and not making sure your idea works. Uh, if you say you're, you're lucky and you inherited a million dollars from your late uncle or aunt or whatever, and you're like, oh, sweet, I'm going to start a restaurant. I'm going to buy, you know, I'm going to buy the building. I'm going to do all these things. And you're going to flop because you you started, you, you had too big of a goal and uh, taking the time to just start, but start small. And then evolve over time. You're going to pivot a bunch of times. You're going to find out what works, and you're, you're not going to get in over your head. And you're going to realize, holy crap, I have a ton to learn. And then you'll probably go back to step one or two, which means go study somebody else <laughs> and figure <laughs> it out. Um, but just to go, to, you know, put this emphasis on starting. Um, sometimes you might have those audacious goals. They might seem like you know opening a three hundred seat restaurant, you know, and where that does catering and uh hosts weddings or whatever, like that's a great goal to have. Um but if you just start and you you don't focus on the big goal, you maybe write it down to, to have it there, to have a, you know, that, that destination, but just focus on making little goals too. Like what can I focus on right now that will allow me to start? Um, so I can get that momentum going and that I can achieve something. So a small goal. And now what's next, what's like prioritizing the next step. And you don't have to, you know, shoot for the big goal from the very beginning. Uh, do yourself a favor and make manageable goals that will get you one step closer to that massive goal. Absolutely. Um, yeah.
1: And that, and that- that ties in to number six and that's pushing past problems and obstacles. And those are going to present itself after you start, mm-hmm. right? So after you start, you're going to start getting some, you're going to have some obstacles. You're going to have some adversity, right? What you're, what you're going after ultimately may be a large, just look at it like a complex problem, mm-hmm. right? So, if I were to try and start a restaurant today, right? I know that that's a huge goal. That's an audacious goal, as you said. And yeah. great, I can write that down. I can say that I'm going to do that. But that's a complex problem. Think about it like a uh, think about it like math, right? Algebra or something. Mm-hmm. When you're solving an equation, you solve in different steps. So now, let me think about that restaurant. Let me ask how can I get there, and let me scale it back and find a problem that exists before the 300 seat restaurant and then the problem that exists before that one and before that one yeah. and it could be it could be that my problem today is that i don't have a freaking plan built yeah you know <laughs> you it's know? funny
0: i i just realized um i have to confess when when uh, sean threw me this this game plan i skimmed over it real quickly i was like sean knows this shit i'm not worried about this this is gonna be <laughs> awesome and i i just to kind of to give an example of how much our minds work and how much how much we mesh well when we get going I mean this this next step and i didn't intend to do this is basically what I was just talking about um i i didn't remember what the next step was. I have confessed because I knew you were going to deliver, but it's exactly what I 'm talking about is you break it into small parts and you make it manageable so you're not overwhelmed or distressed when you know two years goes by and you're not reaching that audacious goal that you set that unreal unrealistic goal because you didn't know better um what do you think? I mean, yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's you, you break it down, it's breaking it down. So, you, it, if you create a solid plan, right, and you, you've got a lot of things fleshed out in that plan, you can revert back to your plan after you make steps and you start getting progress. And progress could mean that you failed at something. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. That, that means that you get to cross that off the list. As
0: long as you take those lessons from that failure and say, don't do that. Use these lessons to come out better the next time. uh, Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I've, 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 I've pivoted and iterated so many times already just in, I mean, we launched entrepreneurial chef four months ago. Mm -hmm. That's it. But there was planning before that for three months Mm -hmm. and, for the past seven months, I mean, there's been pivots and iterations and everything. And I've failed at things. I've tried to you know, run an ad on something and just blew $100. <laughs> you know, just it, it, it just happens. But like you said, you walk away, you learn from it you record it. What did you do? How did you do it? So that you can stay away from that and learn and, and iterate even more.
0: Absolutely. I love it. And uh, there's a book that comes to mind that really uh, dives into It's called Eat That Frog. And I, I'm pretty sure that the, the title of that book, you probably heard of it. Uh, the whole idea is like, how do you eat a gross, gigantic, ugly frog? Like You don't want to take a big bite out of that thing. You probably can't fit it all in your mouth, but you might be able to you, know, you know, cut off the leg. And start with the leg or the arm or the, you know, whatever other parts frogs have, big eyes, <laughs> whatever. Um, yeah just it, start taking bites out of it. Um, it's a great book. Um, and is there any other thoughts you want to share on this, this last step before we start maybe just doing some other reflecting and sh- share some resources that you have for us?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, two things. On, on the Eat the Frog, it's also about doing what's the most uncomfortable mm. as fast as possible, mm-hmm. right? So – if you were to eat a frog, I mean, eh, they might not to me. It might not be the most tastiest yeah. thing. You know? but it, it, so if you were – like you have to determine what's the frog in your life mm-hmm. if you were to be eating it and get it out of the way. Because if you can get the most uncomfortable thing out of the way right, that you're maybe dreading – then you're going to have a higher probability of success as it relates to getting through the rest of your tag. those, tasks,
0: those you know? ugly things, after time, you're going to acclimate to them, and they're not going to be so ugly anymore. Like for me, um, this podcast, my big ugly frog was. Star- I mean, I think I had the podcast, the, the website, the domain name, everything for about almost a year before I actually recorded because I was so afraid to record. Who's going to listen to me? I'm just a student. I'm here to learn. Like no one's going to take me seriously, but those are the fears. Those are the the ugly things that are going to like talk you out of it, but just start. And over time you'll find your voice. You'll find, you know, your, your audience. You'll find people who resonate with what you're trying to do and you'll get confidence and, and now it takes me 45 minutes to record an episode because I just start and I just go and I don't think about it, but it would take me six hours to record an episode when I first wow. got started. Um, wow. So it does. I don't see recording as a, a, a nasty, I love, this is the best part of what I do now. I love it. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And then one other thing I wanted to reflect back on. So now that we kind of wrapped up with that, you had said something before that individuals ask you, how do I I think your example was I'm in finance and yeah. I want to open up a restaurant how do I open up a restaurant you know for anybody that's in that in that situation so the person that is trying to do something uh and whoever is a coach or a mentor I think one of the most valuable things that you can ask that person is what have you done up to this point to solve that problem because it's going to give you an insight to their level of thinking How effective they are at analyzing their problem number one, and and charting out potential solutions number two. Mm -hmm. So, as a coach or a mentor or something, if if somebody came and asked me, or you know, and I've done this to a lot of people, but when they come and ask me some sort of problem, the first thing I want to ask is, what have you done to try and solve it? Because I need to understand where their level of thinking is at. And you had alluded to a couple of recommendations, a great book. As it relates to effective thinking and effective problem solving, it's called The Five Elements of Thinking, and it's by Edward Berger and Michael Starbird. And it goes through uh, the process of analyzing a problem and taking a stab at a solution, even if it's wrong, then analyzing what was wrong. And so when somebody asks a very complex problem, it's really important to ask them back, which helps them. Ask them what's the what's the problem? Or, you know how how have you tried to solve that problem? Essentially, you know, and it gives you that really clear insight.
0: I'm just checking right now to see if this is on Audible because if it is, I'm going to get it with my free credit right after this interview. <laughs> is it on Audible? It, it
1: absolutely is awesome. on Audible. I'm
0: going to get yeah. it. And you have one other book you want to share?
1: Yeah, absolutely. The other one was uh, I love this one. It's The War of Art. Oh, not The Art of War by Sun Tzu, which is also a phenomenal book, but The War of Art. <laughs> By Stephen Pressfield. Uh, Anybody that is creative and and has that kind of creative bone, and especially for your audience, you know, restaurateurs or even you know my audience, entrepreneurial chef, it is such a phenomenal book, and it it helps you think through the resistance that that happens in your journey and all of the things that are that are mental that are holding you back from taking action. And he really gives some great – he articulates great ways to get over it. You so know? Was, and uh, Stephen Steven Pressfield? Steven oh, Pressfield. I found it right Steven
0: here. Steven Pressfield. Man, uh, yeah. I am, I'm pumped because uh, these are two books I have not listened to uh, and I, I'm just – I love finding new books. And I actually have confession. Uh, I actually tried to find The Art of War uh, or The War of Art um, not too long, maybe two years ago, <laughs> and I ended up finding The, uh, the Art of War but yeah, both great books. I still haven't listened to The War of Art. Uh, but you just reminded me that I still have to listen to that. So uh, both these books are on Audible. If you guys head over to audibletrial.com slash unstoppable, you'll be able to get these books for free. Um, and that's just another incredible way to develop assets for yourself, to learn, to make yourself more of a, uh, valuable. So when you do approach those mentors, you can have something to offer them, knowledge that you've gained for yourself. Um, I mean, I think we still have some time. We're only at uh, 40... Two forty-three minutes right now um i kind of want to reflect on some examples of people i have just recently sp- spoken to in myself um and what what my plan is right now because people ask me like when are you going to open your restaurant and i'm like we'll get there but um somebody who i just interviewed the episode is going to go live uh on today this will be live on friday this episode went live on wednesday or tuesday of this week and that's uh chef kevin o'donnell and um he found a mentor that would that help give him direction that you know gave him guidance that said hey like it's not all about just coming to work and busting your ass and you know going home partying drinking and waking up with the hangover and doing it all over again you need to have goals you need to have direction um so that maybe you don't have where am i going with this he didn't really have the ultimate direction he knew he had to grow himself but what he did um if you don't have cash if you don't have if you don't have assets to put on the table to to in, you know, use your time, use your knowledge, live intentionally so you can uh, like what he did is he went to Italy and he spent time in Italy learning and all the uh, like interning and doing stages and he came back and he was constantly growing. He didn't know what his end game was. He just knew he wanted to make himself more valuable. And that's what he did. He surrounded himself with people who had similar visions, similar goals, and they started talking and they and they went back and forth. They helped each other out. Um, but now, even today, these, these people that, that he worked with, uh, they... They always helped each other get to the next level. They knew somebody, and they called that person. You know, Kevin. It was Kevin and Mark. So Mark had a great job. He pulled uh, Kevin along with him, and then Kevin got a great job, and then he pulled J- Mark along with them. And I mean, I, I don't know if this really ties in great to, to like having a, a, a plan, but at least build assets for yourself so you can offer, you can make yourself more appealing. You don't need to have the cash, but if you have the knowledge, you have the experience. At least you have something to put on the table that will allow people to that will give you leverage in finding the mentor, finding the team, finding the partners that can help you make your vision come true. Um to sum it up. Is that is that and yeah. is that cool? Is that like along with what you're thinking? Did I take too yeah, many minutes there? Yeah. yeah, I I agree
1: with that. And you know, one thing that you had said, if you don't have the cash, you know, and a lot of people don't have the financial ability to get started with the ultimate business that they want to go after. Mm-hmm. So starting where you are is really important, but I also think that finding a way to brand yourself, finding a way to build your reputation, uh, keeping your word, being trustworthy, these are all very, very important uh, pieces to it as well. Because let's say that you never have the ability to afford a restaurant, right? So using a restaurant as an example, right? So you might not have... X amount of dollars. But if you have a phenomenal reputation, if where you're working at, you've got people coming to see you, if you on the side are are, are building up a little side something and you're trustworthy and all these different things, you might have somebody that will invest in you. You might have somebody that will partner with you. And all of a sudden, because you're a person of your word, you've got a great brand for yourself, great reputation, you're trustworthy those things in combination with another person who might have the financial resources may get you to that business that you ultimately want to own one
0: day. You know, it's so funny because I was going to use myself as an example next. um, And people ask me like, Eric, when are you going to open your restaurant? Like you're doing all this stuff. You're, you have this podcast, you're learning so much. You're going to crush it when you open a restaurant. What's your plan? And my plan right now is the podcast because I know I've learned so many things and I the biggest lesson I've learned is that I'm not ready because I you need capital you need somebody in your life that has the capital or you need you need the people you need a team of people who you're only as good as your team um and what I'm doing with this podcast for me is you know, I, I, it's my place to start. Like you say, just start doing something that will get you closer. To, that will I'm providing value. I'm, I'm developing assets for myself, knowledge for myself. And um, I'm hopefully going to be able to put money on the table at some point because this is what I can do right now. And it's making me grow. It's giving me assets of knowledge of my network. Um, I'm meeting so many people. I could pick up the phone and be on the best, you know, on a call with some of the best consultants in the industry <laughs> just because I've had them on the show and we've developed rapport and I have that network of people to lean on. Um, And I don't know what my, and I also know that the more I learn, the more my vision of what my perfect restaurant looks like. And I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly evolving. Um, So like you say, just start and um, know that I know I want to be an independent restaurant. I have my very broad goals, but uh, just start them. What can you do to add value in this world to give yourself assets to, just get the ball rolling uh, to build your network, to, to develop that trust, that rapport in the industry. And the best way to, I think you can do it if you, don't, if you didn't start a podcast is to piggyback on the, the reputation of somebody else, the, the, the network of somebody else, and serve that person. And they will serve you um, if you're taking the restaurant tour route. If you're an entrepreneur, uh, there's probably similar ways to do it. But, man, I knew this was going to be a fun conversation. I'm pumped up. <laughs> I'm providing value for you guys out there listening in. Uh, Do you have any final closing thoughts? Uh, Maybe Can you think of an example of somebody who did this well?
1: You know, one person that comes to mind that I'll be featuring soon on the site or in the magazine is uh, Daniel Kennedy, Mm -hmm. or Dan Kennedy, chef uh, Dan Kennedy. So he essentially reverse-engineered a coffee shop. And so he did so by thinking about what are the items that are going to be sold in a coffee shop, right? Came up with whatever products it was going to be. Let's say it was going to be coffee, obviously. Let's say it's going to be tea. Let's say it's going to be chocolates. So he then launched his own product line and did so one, two, three different times to where he had several product lines. He started where he was financially. He grew to where when those product lines could the profitability from those could um, uh, allow him to afford a lease for a coffee shop, that's at the point when he decided that he was going to move into the coffee shop. So he he looked at his grand picture, said, I want to have a coffee shop, and reverse engineered it, said, how am I going to get there? And he really dug in and evaluated, created a plan, and uh, him and his wife partnered together, and they just – through a period of, uh, it's, it escapes me at the top of my head, I think it was about 10 or 12 years or something like that, ultimately got to that grand vision by just starting, starting with one thing and really fine tuning it, making it work, being the best at it, and then growing from there and growing and growing and growing.
0: Awesome. I love it. This has been a lot of fun. I think you gave a more concise examples than I did. I'm a little over the place. It happens sometimes. <laughs> But uh, it was a, a great conversation. Some great uh, actionable pieces of advice really uh, spelt it out clearly for us. And I had a blast talking with you. Uh, how can we connect um, or first call somebody out? Who's one person uh, you admire in this industry? and I think would be a great guest mentor on the show like you've been for us today.
1: So I'm going to say Harry Pulapaka. I, I connected with Harry a couple of months ago and He's got such an interesting story in the way that he eventually was able to get to the restaurant that he owns today. And he did so, uh, he was very rudimentary in some of the things that he did. I mean, he was just a guest chef at a place and started to build a following and he was a mathematician even before he got into culinary arts and decided as a second career he was going to chase this. So, And he still is a, is a math professor. He's still a math professor to this day and has a, has a restaurant. So he's just got a very interesting story. And if anybody is out there now and they want to have their own place one day, he's got a great, great, great example on how you can do it very unconventionally. And uh, he's just hes a very interesting guy.
0: Awesome, Harry, I'm not even going to try to say your last name. I'm coming after you. I would love an introduction. Uh, Sean, if you could help me with that introduction, that'd be great. And uh, let the folks at home know how we can connect with you, how we can learn more about Entrepreneurial Chef, this resource you're working on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I I launched Entrepreneurial Chef this year. I was in culinary education. I was actually the director of admissions, uh, director of attention, a couple of other positions. But uh, I saw that there was a problem in the industry, and I always hated how... Students would come into culinary school and they would want to go to school based upon them wanting to have a restaurant or be a famous chef, but they just didn't have any idea of what it really took. And I saw that uh, year after year and It just—it was disheartening to see some people dive in headfirst without really knowing what they wanted or how to get there. So I created Entrepreneurial Chef, which is a resource for culinary entrepreneurs to really show people what does it take. So I do a similar thing that you do. I interview successful entrepreneurs, put them on the site, put them on the magazine. Uh, People can go to entrepreneurialchef.com. There's also the uh, app that's available in – Google Play and for Android devices, and then in the App Store for iPhone. So it's called Entrepreneurial Chef. And, yeah, you can connect through there, take a look, see if it resonates.
0: You ever going to have a podcast?
1: Eventually, yes. Yes, eventually, eventually. Yeah, right now – Uh, What some some people don't realize, it's similar to you, 99% of Entrepreneurial Chef is just me. It's me seven days a week in my home office. I mean, the (laughs) magazine, the app, now the Facebook group, you know, the building the website. I didn't contract anybody. I I wanted to do it by myself because I wanted to learn Mm -hmm. how to do it. I've never done some of that stuff before, like building a website or creating a magazine. So I wanted to learn before I potentially hand it off or bring some people on. Uh, So Awesome. Uh, eventually, a podcast when I get
0: when I get the bandwidth. <laughs> well, when the time comes, we'll have you back on the show to spread the word. And uh, Sean, uh, I love talking to you. We just share so many similar passions. Uh, you have great energy, uh, and this was a lot of fun. Uh, there is no questioning. You are unstoppable. And I almost forgot, head over to unstoppable.com slash two seven zero to find the links to the books that were recommended, to the services that were recommended, to a summary of today's discussion All right. there, and to find uh how we can connect with uh, Sean Winner. Great stuff. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Cheers. I loved it. <laughs> Bye. Man. That was a lot of fun. I had such a good time talking to you, Sean. Uh, so much uh, of what you're doing with entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial chef uh, just resonates with me. This this topic you selected for today's discussion just resonated with me so much. Uh, you know, just finding people who are out there, finding out how they became successful in reverse engineering. What path did they take? What, I mean, how, what, what do I need to do uh, to to Reach that similar level of success. What attitudes do I need to have? What knowledge do I need to have? That's what we're all about. That's what we're here at Restaurant Unstoppable doing is is just making it easier for you to reverse engineer that success. And uh, you know, we don't have to do it alone. Uh, we we can we can look at other people in the industry. We can approach other people in the industry. And so many times, I see people when they fail. Uh, when you see restaurants failing, they just. They just take a crack at it, and they figure, oh, I can learn while I go. Well, you you can't always learn while you... Well, you can, but sometimes you don't have enough of a runway. People underestimate how much time it takes to, to figure it out. And by the time you get it figured out, your reputation's shit, and you got to start all over again. Don't, don't do that to yourself. Take the time to get the experience, to surround yourself with the people you'll need on your team to crush it. Uh, I mean... It's so simple, uh, but so hard. But, I don't know, just such a great conversation today. I hope you guys found value in this in this this chat I had with Sean Winter. Great dude. Uh, like always, guys, always looking to connect with you. So shoot me an email, eric at com. Tell me who you want to hear from. I'll get them on the show, or I'll just do everything humanly possible to get them on the show. And uh, set up that one-on-one chat with me. Head over to com slash 101. I love those chats. Love connecting with you. Love having a conversation over the phone, uh, learning about what you're doing. I don't have all the answers, but I can help you talk through your your trouble. Sometimes it just helps to have that person there to talk to. I can inspire you. I can redirect you to past interviews I've had. Uh, I, I might be able to help you connect with a mentor, somebody who is in your area, somebody you can go start working for today. Um, I mean, there's... Uh, uh, who knows what will happen, just uh, schedule like, that chat, I, I do love those calls and like always guys, keep those 5 star reviews coming, uh, those 5 star reviews and ratings on iTunes help validate what I'm doing here, that support is so so incredibly uh, you know just appreciated, and for those of you who have left those reviews, thank you so much alright guys, that's all I have today, I hope you found value in everything I'm doing I'm loving this, hope you are too, until next time peace out